Welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, where we talk to great bosses and those who build great bosses about what it takes to be a great boss. And now, here is your host, the founder and CEO of Boss Builders, Mac Monroe. Well, hello and welcome to this edition of the Boss Builder Podcast. This is your host, Mac Monroe, coming to you this week with some allergies, but what we want to do is answer some more questions that were sent in by readers and, of course, by my audience, which is newly promoted supervisors and those who aspire to be and those who have done it for a while and simply want to get better. Well, the questions were wide-ranging, and so rather than try to read them, what I'll do is I'll just kind of summarize by giving you the answers. And so one of our readers, one of our listeners, was asking a question about how what they do can affect others. And I use the analogy, in fact, I've blogged on this too, of when you board an airplane, and for me, most of the time, if I'm on Southwest, which is every time I fly, what I'll try to do is sit on an aisle seat if the flight is longer than two hours, just so I can get up and use the bathroom. Or if it's a shorter flight, I'll sit by the window. Well, on those longer flights, and I've done several of those recently, uh, sitting in the aisle, I typically board quickly because I've got uh, higher priority. And then I'm sitting there in the aisle seat, and I watch as people walk down the aisle with a backpack. And so this is very typical. Man walks down, double strap backpack, turns around to his wife or girlfriend and says, Honey, where would you like to sit? And as he turns, his backpack smacks me in the side of the head. He has no idea that what he's doing impacts others. And, you know, that's a lot of what you often see when you're an employee. You have a boss who simply does what a boss does, and that has an impact on you that maybe the boss doesn't realize. I can remember back when I was in the Navy as a dental assistant, you were on a 45-minute schedule seeing patients, and you as the dental assistant would have to get the room set up, you would have to seat the patient, you would have to then assist the dentist, and then when it's done, you dismiss the patient, and while the dentist is writing up the record, you very quickly have to clean the room, get the instrument sterilized, get a new set of instruments out, and go. And that works fine until the dentist feels like being a hero and decides, hey, while we're here, let's do all these other things, not being uh, aware, I guess, that the schedule's messed up. And so your catch-up time then is over lunch, which if you're lucky, you might get a chance to grab something quick but you work quick, sterilize your instruments, clean the room just in time for your one o'clock patient. You know, what you do as the boss, just like what the dentists do, impacts others. And I don't know whether they weren't aware of it or what happened, but what I would offer is that here's the deal. Be aware that your decisions, be aware that your mood impacts the people that work for you. And so if you're the boss and come in in the morning, just do a quick check before you get out of your car. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What do I look like? Realize that your bad mood is going to impact those. And so fix yourself. Realize that what you are excited about today may not be something that gives positive impact to your team. So I guess what I would do is tell you, be aware, be mindful. I hate to use that word, but be aware that what you do impacts others. Now, your job is to be the boss. Their job, your employees, is to get the job done. They get the job done a whole lot faster and a whole lot better when you are being of help to them. So be aware. Second question that we got was on proactivity. And so, again, blogged on this one. And so I'll summarize this. Proactivity means that you are looking for potential issues. This doesn't mean that you're going to be negative. 
it simply means that you're going to, I, I guess in a way, just look out for what could possibly happen. A few weeks ago, I was going to be flying to the West Coast, and uh, typically what I'll do anytime I fly is I will get up early in the morning and take the very first flight out, and typically I'm going up to Connecticut. I go up there quite a bit. So what I'll do is I'll leave my house, usually 2.30 in the morning, it takes me an hour and 20 minutes to get to the airport, the Nashville airport. I'll get in there, get checked in, have some breakfast, and get on the flight, which means I will probably land in Connecticut around 12.30 in the afternoon, which means I have a whole afternoon to do nothing, which I don't mind because I can do some work or podcast, whatever I'm going to do. And then the next morning I do what I'm going to do, and then rather than try to catch a flight out, if it's a one-day thing, uh, because I have to make connections, and typically summertime the weather is bad, wintertime the weather is bad, so what I'll do is I'll just spend an extra night. That's called being proactive. A few weeks ago, I was having to wedge in some work, and so what that meant is I was going to have to fly one direction, and then I was going to have to change planes, and then I was going to have to fly again, change planes, and I thought, you know what, this is a schedule that is so potentially bad that I'm not comfortable, and what it meant is I was going to have to fly, I think it was Nashville to Las Vegas, and then I had a 50-minute, five-zero-minute turnaround time to catch my flight to Los Angeles. And I thought, you know what, this does not look good. And I try as much as possible to get direct flights if I can. And so what I did is I went ahead and proactively switched my flight to a direct flight. And what I found is that was a good move because the flight I was going to be on, sure enough, was delayed by about 52 minutes, which meant I would have missed my connection. Spent the night in the Las Vegas airport on the floor because I'm too cheap to get a hotel. And it would have been late for my uh, workshop the next morning. So where I'm going with that is that you as the boss need to look for potential problems, which means if you've given an assignment, look at what could possibly get in the way and then proactively solve that. Here's another example for you. Uh, years ago, I worked at a trade association and I had a coworker who would routinely uh, call in sick the Tuesday after a three-day weekend. It was a given. And so, not that I had a very important job there, I really relied on her, but I realized, you know, if I needed her for something, as one of my teammates, I could never do it on that Tuesday, because sure enough, she's going to call in sick, and she'd even have the little sick voice, she'd try to call early, of course I was at work early, and I thought, you know, proactively, I'm not going to plan on her being here. So you as the boss, proactive means you take a step back, you look at what you need to get done, you ask yourself, what could possibly go wrong or what could possibly negatively impact what I'm about to do and proactively set aside strategies to be able to solve that. So proactive, right? The opposite is reactive. And maybe you've experienced this. The boss that rants and raves, runs around screaming, everything's a crisis. That should not be you. So be proactive. All right. Um, a third question I got was on employee development. Now, if you have been through my Lunch and Learns, if you've been through my workshops, if you've been on any of my videos, you've noticed that I have a model for management, and I call it the fire triangle of being a great boss, and what I use is the analogy that to fight a fire, you have to learn what makes fire, and there's three elements, heat, fuel, oxygen. Well, being a great boss, we can use the same kind of model, and what we're doing with that is that we're saying that three elements of being a great boss means, number one, you can fix systems and problems. And then the second element is that you have to protect the house, which is, you know, compliance kinds of things. Third element, then, 
is developing others. And if you think back on some of the best bosses you've ever had, I'll bet you'd probably say that they took time to help you be the best you could be. Now, what I wanted to talk about is how do I, uh, how do I as the boss, uh, help my employees not end up? So again, I blogged about this one. And ending up is what happens when you don't have a plan for your career, when you don't have a plan for your future. And there is a, uh, there's a line from uh, it's what we know as Alice in Wonderland, where she asked the cat, you know, uh, how do I get where I'm going? He says, where do you want to go? She says, you know, it doesn't really matter. He says, then it doesn't matter which way you go. You basically end up. And I always use the example of the DMV. You know, you don't grow up saying one day when I grow up, I want to work at the DMV. You end up there. And so what I'd like to suggest is that you as the boss have regular conversations with your direct reports and ask them five years from now, where do you see yourself? And some of them will say, well, I hadn't really thought about that. This might be a good chance for you to say, well, let's think about what your career could be and then start putting them on a strategic path. You know, there are people, I'm sure, that you know where you work who they just simply want to come to work, do their job, and go home. There's nothing wrong with that. My fear for folks like that, though, is that one day if what they do is no longer valued, if the technology that they're a master of suddenly becomes something you don't need anymore, then they're going to be stuck. And then, of course, the second part of that is that you get complacent. So in your monthly coaching sessions, which I would recommend at least a check-in or at a minimum quarterly, take some time and ask your team, where do you see yourself in one year? Where would you like to see yourself in five years? And maybe even a question like this, when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? I mean, it seems like a silly question, but again, Everybody comes wired for greatness, and some people achieve it, and others simply end up. If you have a team of people that you are managing, and they are people who are career-driven, there's a very good chance they are going to produce for you in a huge way, which means you're going to have to build the dream. So do not let your direct reports end up. All right, um, what I have developed over the past week or two is a new hashtag and the hashtag is boss up boss on what that means is it's part of your challenge the challenge i'm going to give you as the boss the challenge i want you to leave with after you have listened to this podcast and in my blog what i did is i talked about you know which boss would you rather have boss number one is the screamer who gets in everybody's business and they can be kind of a raging tyrant or boss number two, which is the wimp that sort of hides in their office or their cubicle when chaos is going wild. Uh, most people, we would say, I don't want the screamer, but I can tell you in my experience that the second one is the one you don't want to be. That's the one that just shies away from conflict, shies away from problems, is not proactive. And so that's where we come up with these hashtag words. So the first one is boss up. I know that one's been used already for entrepreneurs and things like that, but here's what I'm going to suggest. When you boss up, you start to develop yourself. And one way you can develop, of course, is by doing what you're doing right now, listening to the podcast. Uh, mine is not the only one out there that'll give you really good information. There's a couple that I really enjoy. One of them is called The Art of Manliness with Brett McKay. And yet, yeah, geared toward men, but anybody can listen because he's got a lot of good information on professional development and personal development. A second one I like is The Tim Ferriss Show. He is the author of The 4-Hour Workweek, among other books, 
and has a wide range of successful people that what he tries to do is kind of pull their secrets to success. And I'm on a really long driving road trip now, so I've listened to lots and lots of episodes. Uh, there's another one called the Jocko Podcast uh, with a guy named Jocko Willink, who is a former Navy SEAL. His is a little bit darker, and his podcasts are extremely long. They're like three hours, so if you've got a really long drive or a flight, plug that one in. But it's all about your professional development. Bossing up means you're going to grow. Second way, of course, is reading. And if you go to my website, that's macmonroe.com, I've just put up a widget now of recommended reading. You can click right through to get these at Amazon. And, of course, my books are there, too. Maybe take an hour a day and read. A third way, of course, is to get some coaching. If you are the boss and you need to get better, then I would recommend finding yourself a coach. I can obviously recommend a couple. I've had one on my program before. Margie Bush from Wisdom Tree Coaching. You can reach her at wisdomtreecoaching.com, and, and that would be a good option for you as well. Boss up means you grow and get better. Then the last one, of course, is what we say boss on. That's the second half of the hashtag, boss on. And this means get out and act like the boss. And so part of it could mean, number one, dressing like the boss. Uh, not everybody works in an environment where you got to wear really nice clothes. But it means dressing maybe just a slight step above so that you stand out and you would say that person's the boss over there. So dressing the part. Second one would be acting the part, which means you keep your emotions in check, which means you go through whatever you're going through and remain somewhat stoic. You know, if you fly, you get into turbulence, and I'm not a nervous flyer anymore because I do it so often, but... I always tell people that are nervous, listen, if you're nervous on a flight, just watch the flight attendant because if they are freaking out, then it's time for you to freak out. But if not, then relax, be stoic. You look at them, they are the face and voice of calm. Find a new peer group for yourself. You know, when you are promoted from your peers, no longer do you have the right to complain about things. You have, um, you have to do this alone. So find yourself a peer group of other supervisors, get to know them and contribute. Think strategically, which means now realize you're responsible for results. Every decision you make has consequences. And so when you're making a decision, think about all the possible things that could go wrong and make a better decision. And the last one I would suggest is build rapport with others. My son, who is an area manager at uh, Amazon, you know, as he was doing his training, one of the things that employees would tell him is the best thing you can do as my boss is to build a relationship with me and not just come around when you're going to yell at me and treat me like a human. And so maybe take some time at the beginning of each day to build rapport. Spend some time with your team and say, how are you doing this morning? How are you feeling this morning? Build a relationship. I've always said this, and I totally agree, you don't need your team to like you, you need your team to respect you. If your team respects you, they will end up liking you. But if they like you first, there's a good chance they may never respect you. So just three little bits of information for you in three different categories this morning, but I hope you can take that out there and put it to use. Again, if you are the boss and you are looking for opportunities for development, may I recommend you check out my site, thebossbuilders.com. Two options for you. I do some on-site workshops. My team does on-site workshops. If you and your peer group need that, then absolutely reach out. Second one, of course, is our very popular Boss Builder Academy video series where you watch video, short snippets, five to seven minutes. It'll be me giving you tips, techniques, 
and helping you through challenges. And then monthly we have a, uh, a wide-ranging webinar where you can be on the call with me or one of my associates. And more importantly, peer groups from other companies in other industries where you can learn from each other. Information on both of those can be found at thebossbuilders.com or you can give us a call at 931-221-2988. Until the next time we meet, get out there, boss up, and boss on. Goodbye. You've been listening to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast with Mac Monroe. To get more information on being a great boss, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or at Mac's blog, macmonroe.com. Until next time, get out there and be a great boss.